Hey, York Alliance, welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Thursday, November 2nd. After a rainy day yesterday, it seems that we're turning the corner into real fall weather. And so for those of you like me who are ready for the cold, this is an exciting weekend that's coming. I hope you're doing well as we uh, move toward the weekend. Um. I've been listening and uh, trying to engage with a variety of different people as well as uh, what's going on in the news. And it's no big surprise. Uh, The nation did not uh, immediately become healed and united coming out of the election. Um, If anything, we're more divided than we were going in, if that's even possible. Um, The fear that undergirds both the right and the left are rearing their heads. And um, I want to speak to us as the church, not on the right and not on the left, but um, as the church of Jesus who should not be on either side. Because if we're not careful, we as the church will get sucked in one direction or the other. We're, We're going to end up just as polarized as the world around us. And so how do we handle the division and the frustration in in the world around us? Well, I think Jesus um, calls us in the Sermon on the Mount in a way that's very instructive. Let me read for you the, the beginning of what's kind of seen as the moral section of the, the Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew chapter 5. This starts in verse 21. Jesus says this, you've heard it said, Uh, that to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Now, there's a ton in here, more than we have time to dig through, but what I'm going to pull out is the idea of contempt. What Jesus is really talking about is the contempt that divides us. And what I mean by contempt is this. When we see a portion of someone, a segment of who they are, something that they believe or a way that they act or a certain behavior, a certain outward appearance, a certain class structure, whatever it is, we see a portion of someone and we judge them wholly based on that one thing. Contempt is the idea that I see that you voted for, I see that you believe, I see that you act like, and without knowing you, or even despite knowing you, I make a full judgment on you based on that singular thing, and I hold you in contempt. Contempt is the foundation of what we've termed tribalism. One of the things that has emerged over the last 10 to 15 years in America is this tribal idea 
that we connect with those who uh, believe certain things in the same way that we do, and we surround ourselves in a, a, a very 21st century way of hearing the world through what's called an echo chamber. So um, I read news and listen to podcasts and uh, engage with people, all who believe like I do, who reinforce the things that I believe. And what ends up happening is the people who believe differently than me and whatever my pet issue is or whatever my way of thinking is become separate from me and I judge them wholly based on that one belief. We end up separating and making a caricature of the other side because we don't know or even care about the whole of who they are. Contempt is always hurtful and always divisive. One of the things that's been both most shocking to me, and thankfully not in a lot of circumstances, but in a few over the past six to eight months, is the way that contempt, the judgment based on a single issue or a single idea, can override years and years of relationship. One of the heartbreaking things that I've been experienced that I've experienced and I've seen happen over and over again are relationships that are severed after years of connection based on a single issue or a single idea. You're voting for, you believe this, you're connected to this movement, and therefore I need to separate you. I need to separate from you. That single issue seems to hold more power than years of relationship. Why? Because of contempt. Because we're seeing one thing and we're projecting that thing over the entirety of a person. So how does Jesus suggest that we handle it? Well, uh, he's very specific to say we need to be reconciled. Now that reconciliation, it looks like a conversation with someone who sees the world differently than I do. And so that reconciliation might not be about a specific thing that has come up, but it, it would, could be very uh, easily about the broad issue that becomes the basis for contempt. And when that conversation happens, what we do is we find out that the person is significantly more nuanced than that single issue. Relationship always breaks down contempt because we see the person holistically, not just the area that divides us, but we see the whole of who they are. The second thing is uh, related to that, that as believers in Jesus particularly, we need to understand that we all agree on the ends, but we disagree about the means. And the means, while significant, are not as significant as the ends. Uh, let me give you an example. So, um, so Christians on the right and on the left, followers of Jesus, all agree that we need to be concerned about the poor. It's impossible to read the teachings of Jesus and not think that you need to be concerned about the poor. Like it's just, it's a fundamental truth of Christianity that we are concerned about the poor and that we care for them in some way. Now that end is consistent. People on the right to people on the left, as far as you can go across the political spectrum, the end for Christians is the same. Christians on the left, what would be termed maybe liberal or socialist, they want to see larger government programs. They want to see government aid and uh, specific kinds of mercy and welfare 
kinds of care that would immediately give aid to those who are poor. While people on the right want to see the conservative position or the libertarian position, want to see a smaller government involvement, therefore a lower tax base, therefore more disposable income for people to individually care for people who are in need or for the church to care for people who are in need. See, when we confuse the, the means with the ends, we confuse the things that are changeable and debatable. Both of those options have validity and have arguments that go on both sides, but the end is the same. And when we confuse the means, the changeable means, with the ends, the clear and unmoving ends, we unnecessarily divide. And so when we start to understand that, we need to take our conversation all the way to the end and then work our way back, recognizing that the means are worthy of conversation. And it's fine for us to disagree and stay united because we agree on the end. The third and final thing I want to pull out is that this section of the sermon ending at the end of Matthew chapter 5 is a progression. It's one thing on top of another, one thing leading to another. And while I don't have time to walk through all of them, the very end thing that Jesus pulls out is known as enemy love. It's one of the most challenging and difficult teachings of Jesus that we don't love our neighbor and hate our enemy, as Jesus says that many around uh, in his day had said. But he says, love your enemies, this is verse 44, and pray for those who persecute you. God calls us to love the people who are different than us. Love, as we've said several times, drives out fear. It unites us instead of separating us. But love requires action. We need to step into the lives of those who disagree with us, not separate from those people, in order to be able to actively love them. I want you to see that as believers in Jesus, we need to do everything we can do to avoid contempt. Contempt is dangerous and insidious. And as crisis pushes in on us, whether that be a public health crisis or whether that be a political divide, we need to be proactive if we are going to be the people of peace in the world around us. We need to retreat from fear. We need to retreat from tribalism and press into love. And so that's my call, my heart for us today, that we would be people of love, that we would be people who uh, allow the love of God to overwhelm the contempt that we could feel for the other. There's so much more to it than that, but I'm well out of time. So I pray that the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ would rest upon you dwell deeply within you, transforming your heart and mind, and flow from you to a divided world that we would be peacemakers, not just peacekeepers, but peacemakers in the world around us. Have a great day. I'll be back with you one more time tomorrow.